You know, I, I just want to take a minute to just marvel at God's people and how many people make a weekend like this happen. The team, you just don't realize how much there is, Shua and Nick and everybody. Uh, I want to thank everybody who worked on the prayer garden, especially uh, uh, um, uh, Susie and Todd Bohr. Uh, just everybody who makes church, church. You know, uh, we do that because as followers of Jesus Christ, serve is not something we do. Serve is who we are. It's just the natural response to being like Jesus. And what blows me away about this place is the hundreds and hundreds of people who just serve sacrificially, joyfully, and then thank me for, hey, let, thanks for letting me serve, just blows my mind. So I just want to acknowledge the beauty of that for just a second. Uh, you know, we're in this series called Bullies, and uh, I think it's been messing with a lot of people because a lot of us have a bully story. I think actually everybody has a bully story. And today I want to give you a perspective from just a little thing that David said when he was a young man that if you can hear the wisdom of it, it can totally reframe how you look at your bully story that you may be carrying. Now, we started this series a couple weeks ago. We started talking about bullies, and we started talking about the language of the bully. And the language of the bully is shame, that they love to pour on shame. They say, you're bad, you're wrong, you're a failure, you're this, you're not worthy. Uh, the, the, the tool of a bully is fear. And it might be fear of failure, it might be fear of, you know, losing image or losing relationship, it might be physical fear, it's fear, and that's what bullies try to create in us. We also discovered that the weakness of a bully, his kryptonite or her kryptonite or their kryptonite or a culture's kryptonite, is insecurity. That when you can get behind the insecurity of a bully, why they want to make people feel insignificant, why they need to be in control, why they need to degrade others, you can start seeing not this mean, formidable giant that seems to be attacking you, but you begin to see as a hurt, scared child. And, and it allows you not only to see their power reduced from you, but it also allows you to see yourself differently and have compassion where before you just had fear. And so, so we're talking about this idea of, of recognizing the bullies in our life, recognizing bullies maybe we weren't even aware of, whether it be a boss or a person from our past. It can be a parent. It can be a kid. It, it can be the culture. It, it, it can be all kinds of things. But for many of us, we're discovering that the biggest bully in our life is a bullying ourselves. The, the narratives, the self-talk, the way we beat ourselves up, we're routinely saying to ourselves, you're an idiot, you're not good enough, you don't look right, you don't act right, no one cares about you. And, and when we start bullying ourselves, that's when we can get ourselves in a very toxic place where we start getting into all kinds of, you know, uh, unhealthy behaviors, isolation. And so it's really important that we understand a perspective of overcoming bullies. Now, the first thing we recognized this first week when we talked about it was, was that that for a bully, when a person bullies you, when you understand it's not about you, it's about them, it's about their past, their pain, what they're carrying, their need to be in control, all of a sudden you say, oh, well, well, I'm just a target. They're, they're the one who's messed up and struggling. <sighs> well, this week I want to give you a different perspective on this thing of bullying that comes from something that King David says. Now, this is a perspective. Now, let me just remind you of the story. We've been looking at the early life of King David, and he's not King David. He's just boy David at this point. And, and isn't that an important insight that every great person, every great king, every great whatever started as an insignificant whatever? And, and David finds himself just a shepherd boy, poor family, 
poor town, middle of nowhere. I mean, his town made Bloomer look like a metropolis. I mean, just, just a small town, right? And, and he, what's he in charge of? A few sheep. And so he's not known. And, and we see that David regularly, routinely, has things happen to him that if he internalizes them, if he takes on the narrative, if he chooses to hear them in that way, he will start not only being a victim of bullying, but he also will start bullying himself. But David has this incredible perspective that allows him to deflect the words, the actions, the threats of the bully. Let's take a look. So, so again, let me remind you of the story. The story starts with David, and he's in a small town, and he has a father who doesn't see him. And in one of the, the most painful kinds of bullying is indifference. Uh, one of the things that I grew up with was being punished by silence, being punished with the cold shoulder. And actually, when I'm not at my best, I can actually do that as well. And that's one of the things we're going to find out, too, is that it, the worst thing that can happen when we don't deal with our bully story is that we don't realize how we can become a bully when we're not in a healthy place. We can become a, a toxic person. And if you don't understand that you can be unhealthy and you can be unsafe, you're probably unsafe at times when you're tired, when you're lonely. We're actually do a whole series on that later, later in the year. But, but, but here's the deal. So his father doesn't see him. And he could take that on and say, I guess I don't matter, but he doesn't do that. And then he has a, an older brother who, because the older brother is insecure and, and not willing to fight his own battles. Did you hear what I just said? The older brother is not willing to fight his own battles. Because of that, he shames David. And he says, what are you doing here? Because David went to the battle. And he heard this, this threat from Goliath. And he said, what are you doing here? You, you should just go take those few sheep. You're so irresponsible. Just, just, you just need to just, just go away and, 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 and forget it. And, and, he, and he deflected that because of the perspective I'm about to show you. And then next week, we're going to hear an incredible message, incredible message that has to do what happens when, when he faces the king, and the man in authority, and, 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 and incredible insights that are going to come. And the week after that, of course, you're going to face Goliath. And then we're going to have a, a message on shame the last week. But, 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 but what we see this week is that David now has, has asked, okay, this, this guy Goliath is going to come out, and he's saying threats, and he's saying, okay, who's going to deal with this? And what do they get? I mean, what's the upside? What's the opportunity here? You see, everybody else who heard the threats of Goliath said, oh, I'm going to do that. It's dangerous. And they shrunk back. But David said, well, there's an opportunity here. I mean, what do you get if you go and fight Goliath? And in that very question, the fact that he saw potential, he saw opportunity, he saw what was right about the situation, it made his brother mad, made other people mad, people were doubting him. Well, the king heard about this, and the king had a little history with David because David had been brought in, and David played music to him, and, and David just uh, uh, had a little history with the king. And he went before the king, and the king looked at him and said, yeah, you're a kid. You're a shepherd boy. You, you can't do this. And, and this is what David says. And this is where the perspective that could change everything for you if you hear the wisdom of the word of God here. It's in Psalm, uh, it, 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 in 1 Samuel, it says this. It said, but David said to Saul, when Saul said he didn't think he could do it, he said, your servant, notice the word servant there, person who's available to serve, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And everybody used to say, oh, that's not a big deal. That's not a significant thing. Some of you are in a situation where you're doing something that you think is insignificant. And there's a character challenge here. Will you do it well, believing that God is preparing me by making me responsible for little things? I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it with character. I'm going to do it with a joyful spirit. And, and I'm going to take this opportunity to do the things before me. Because God's not going to challenge you with great things. Okay? Okay? if you're not responsible with little things. 
And so, so David has been faithful with these sheep. And, and throughout the story, there are little examples of David being responsible. Like when he came to the battle, he, uh, Steve pointed this out last week, he, he, he brought food for his brothers and for, for, the, for the army. Before he went to the battles he was going on, he brought the food and he, he fulfilled his responsibility. So, so David has learned a lot by doing an unimportant task. You see, here's one thing we're going to discover. God can't do much with you until he does something in you. Okay? And so there's work that God is doing in this incredible young man. It says, uh, he said this. He said, I used to keep sheep with my father. And he says, and then when a lion or a bear or lamb took from the flock, I went after him. And I struck him and I delivered it out of the mouth. Now, this is the perspective, okay, that the early struggles, the early problems, the early bullies I, fit, I faced, think about a lion coming at you or a bear coming at you. Or, 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 or any other challenge, those early struggles prepare you for life's real battles. And how you handle things that at the time don't seem little, but now you look back and say, that was not a big deal, but boy, it seemed like a big deal then. Handling those early struggles prepares us for life's battle. That is why it's important, parent, that you let your kids struggle. You ask them to do anything they can do for themselves. You let them fall down. You let them make mistakes. You let them own the consequences of those mistakes because they are learning. You say, what if they get hurt or what if they get disappointed? What if they get discouraged? If you go to them and take the struggle out of your hands, you know what you're saying to them? I don't think you can handle this. Do you hear what I'm saying? But if you say, okay, how can I help you with this struggle that you own? And you walk them through it and you shepherd them. It's a whole different perspective. So, so David's perspective is, my challenges are opportunities. And the things I went through early in life, I'm going to make sense of them in a way. I'm going to see, listen now, this is the principle. God's preparation in my early challenges to prepare me for the battles that I was created to fight. Okay, so how does this work? It, it, it's the kid who learns to stand up to bullies when they're, they're young. And then when they get older... And they hit the financial crisis bully. They can handle it. They, they hit the unexpected diagnosis bully. They can handle it. They, they, they learn to face guys' challenges in the little things. It, and they learn to be faithful in the little things. That allows them to face big things. It makes sense of the way God is preparing in our lives. He says this. He says, I went after them and I struck them and delivered it from this mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and I struck him and I killed him. He says this. Listen now. This is so important. Your servant has struck down both the lions and the bears. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Look at this. For he has defied the armies of the living God. Because you hear that last part? He said, this wasn't about me fighting lions and fighting bears in my best effort. He learned, listen now, through his early struggles that God was with him. And, and one of the things you're going to notice, every time David faces a bully well, he's going to be talking about God. He's going to be talking about God going before him, God above him, God, God fighting the battles, God has not abandoned him, God will not let his face be covered in shame. This is both in the narrative of his story and in the Psalms that he wrote. He learned in those early challenges that I can get through this. And so, so David learned a lot through the early challenges that prepared him for life's real battles. I mean, think about this. If he is going to be a king, a person in authority, and if you are a kind of a king or a queen, that is to say a person in authority who your decisions affect the well-being of other people, so that could be a parent, that could be a person in government authority, that could be a boss, that could be a supervisor... The best way you can think about that role is as a shepherd. 
that my responsibility is to care for the people under me. Now, some of you have been thinking, I was ruling them. I was using them like pieces in a cog, and I'm just going to move them around. The Jesus perspective and the King David perspective is I took care of my sheep. Notice what he said about the lion and, and the bear. He didn't say the lion and the bear came after me. He said they came after my sheep. Oh, no, 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 no. And so he, listen now, he is learning how to be a king by taking care of those few measly sheep. And so the little struggles early in our life prepare us for the great battles in our life. He, he learned all kinds of things. First thing is he learned about the nature of challenges and resilience. That in this life, you are going to have challenges. And if your deal is, 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 is um, man, I shouldn't have to. You know, if your deal is, you know what, I, I got an image and if people see me struggling. You know, three of the biggest bullies we face in our own heart and mind. One is expectation. The bully that, that we say, I expected my life to be like this. I expected this to work out like this, and it hasn't, and, and doggone it, that's not fair. I did not expect to have struggles. Nobody has expectations of struggles, but you're going to have struggles. And if your expectations have been kind of blown up, and that's caused you to just kind of sit on the side, listen, God will blow up the expectations because he wants to do something else in you, through you, for you. Okay. The second big bully we face is image. That is to say, I'm trying to look a certain way. One of the greatest points of your personal healing is when you come to terms with the image you're trying to present. How am I trying to look? Am I trying to look like the perfect Christian? Am I trying to look like the successful business person? Am I trying to look like the perfect parent? What's the image? And then when struggle comes and that gets blown up, <laughs> then we get embarrassed. And it's amazing how often we are driven by the shame that creates embarrassment. Rather than, listen, rather than understanding People will not be impressed with you if they think you have no problems. People will be impressed with you, respect you, follow you when they see you handle your problems with character and integrity. Okay? We're all going to have problems. Our kids are going to do things. Our, our job is going to change. Our, our, our education is going to turn out this way and that way. It's not whether or not we have challenges or struggles. It's how we face it. Again, this is an issue of character. It's what God is doing in us so that he can do something through us. This is the perspective about David. He, he teaches us these struggles, like David, teach us the nature of challenge and resistance. In the New Testament, James says it this way. He says, count it all joy. Did you hear what he says? Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials or tests or challenges of all kinds of different, 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 different kinds. And by the way, what is a trial to you might not be a trial to me. Public speaking, I got it, okay? Some of you, if I asked you, come on up here and give a little talk, you would uh, run into the woods and we wouldn't find you, right? Okay? Heights for me. I, you know, I tried to do a couple shingles and they said, why don't you just go down, Pastor? You're going to hurt yourself and you're making us all nervous. And so you get down because I can't do that. There's about a million. In fact, I'm not good at most things and you're not good at most things, but there's some things you're great at. And so things that are a trial to me may not be a trial to you. That's why it's so foolish to compare. Well, they can handle it, or, or they did it this way. Listen, it's different for different people. So he says, he says, count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of various kinds. For you know, listen now, that the testing or the preparing or the deepening of your faith produces something in you. What does it produce? Steadfastness, 
resilience, the ability to stick with a hard, tedious task, the ability to stick with it when it's difficult, the ability to stick with it when you're being criticized, when you're being, especially when you're being criticized by yourself, we're our own worst bullies. It it allows you to push that off and say, you know what, I'm going to listen to another story. It produces steadfast. Look at this. And steadfast will have its full effect, its full benefit that you might be perfect. Now, the word perfect there means you might be in unity, your inner life and your outer life. It's not a person who lives no mistake. To be perfect in the biblical sense is to be in harmony with yourself. You will be at harmony with yourself, complete. That is to say, a whole mature person, not lacking what you need, lacking nothing you're going to need to fight the battles that God has you to fight. And so when you have the perspective, okay, challenges are opportunity, and God is working, he is doing something in me. One of the things I always talk when young people say, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with my life. I ask them, well, how has God been preparing you? What has he caused you to succeed in in the early years? What challenges have you faced? What have you learned from that? And if you can make sense of the things that have happened to you, okay, and look at them, it takes courage to look at them, look at the painful things, you can see, okay, God is using this, and he's formed me, and he shaped me, and all of a sudden, there's a joy that comes that creates clarity for what's in front of you. And so we, we learn about the nature of challenge and struggle. The second thing is we learn about ourselves. You know what we learn? We learn we are stronger than we think. That with God in our life, we can face more than we ever imagined. That, that we, we have abilities and talents and gifts that this world needs us to fully live in. And when we understand that about ourselves, it's, it's glorious. It's David who could have just said, I'm just an obscure you know, shepherd. I'm not going to risk fighting that bear. I'm not going to fight... Facing that land. What if something bad happens? Who gives ear to their insecurity, their fear? My father doesn't believe in me. My brother shames me. All the voices he could have listened to, he pushed those off. There's a million life lessons in sticking with a difficult, tedious task. There's a million life lessons that come from it. It builds character in us when, when you do things. I, I, this is one of the reasons I loved being a scoutmaster and doing scouts, is because over the course of years, you see these little kids who boy, they can barely tie their shoes. And the first time they make a fire, you know, the mom says, let me do that for you. Nope. Well, he's not very good at it. Well, he won't be very good at it unless we let him do it. So, but he doesn't know how. Well, let's have this older scout teach the younger scout how to do this. And then all of a sudden, they, then they're doing it. And, and then in a couple of years, that middle scout, that younger scout is an older scout who's teaching another scout. And then they're a troop leader. I saw this so gloriously in my, my one son, Ben, who was just so little. And in first year at camp, he took this thing called wilderness survival. And he had spent just a couple nights in a tent. And one of the things he had to do was go in the woods at Camp Phillips. And they went to this area. And um, he had to build this survival shelter and spend the night in it. And he was so excited about it, I wasn't so sure because he was just so little. And, and, I, and I remember, you know, as he went out with the older kids. And it was just older kids and no adults out there. And, and he started talking about what he's going to do. And he went and did it. A storm started coming, a thunderstorm started coming, and I, I said, and so I walked out to where he was going to just make sure he was sheltered, and I walked out there, and he looked at me, and said, I said, oh, hey, Ben, he said, hey, I said, you want me to leave, don't you? He says, yes, okay, I got it, and so I left, and the next morning, he lived through that thunderstorm, I mean, he survived, he came in 10 feet tall, he was a different kid, because he learned, listen now, he can handle it, and when you learn you can handle it, Man, it changes everything. You remember some times in your life where you said, I'm not sure I could do this. I'm not sure I can fix this thing. And then you learned, I'm pretty good at fixing things. You know, I'm not sure that I can handle this relational conflict. And you handle, I'm pretty good at handling relational conflict. You know what? There, there's all kinds of things you will only learn through the crucible of testing, even if you fail the first two or ten times. 
That, that's, that's called growing, maturing. That's life. And when you see that as opportunity, it creates character, steadfastness, resilience. You learn a lot about yourself facing bullies, facing the difficult challenges in life. Last thing is you learn a lot about God. You learn a lot about God is with you. Let me just say something to you. Some of you who've been bullied seriously, Jesus stands before you and your bullies. He stands between you and them. And, and it's not so sure what, it's not important what they say or even what you're saying to yourself. It's not important how you look. It's important how he looks at you. And just imagine him looking at you saying, I've got a plan to make you awesome. Okay? There are going to be days where you're afraid and you're overwhelmed, but I'm with you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. We got this. And when you recognize that Jesus is between you and your bullies, and he's saying the total opposite those bullies are saying, and he's got a plan, not just to love you and accept you, but to creating you amazing things. You see, the reason we're going to see in a minute, in, in next week, couple weeks, the reason that David ran to the battle, so David ran to the battle, is because he knew God was already out there. And he knew who he was in God. You know how he knew it? Know it? Well, because he wrote things like this, okay? A shepherd wrote this. The Lord is my shepherd. It's going to be all right. I don't have to want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He's going to bring me good things. Besides still waters, he's going to let me rest. He restores my soul if it's overwhelmed. He leads me to the path of rightness and right action and right thought for his name's sake. Even though I walk through incredibly difficult things, the very shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. You're a shepherd. You've got a bigger staff than me. You comfort me in ways I can't imagine. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Those bullies that are mocking me, oh man, there's a table here. And, and I'm going to be displayed with the king as beloved. And all their shame is going to look like such foolishness because I'm going to be on display as beloved with God. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And ultimately, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. So, so any bully, even the bully of death that some of us fear so deeply is, is nothing because we now know Jesus. This is what struggles teach us. And when we have the perspective of struggle being opportunity, struggle being preparation, struggle still being part of God's plan, and we let go of this idea of expectation, this, this foolishness of image that we're trying to look a certain way. Okay, you don't look that way. You don't. People figure you out. Instead, worry about how God looks at you and he looks at you as beloved. Okay, and, and when we get to this point where we just see that, that, that God is using my past stuff and he's showing me I'm good at this, I can do this, I overcame this, you know what? I think I'm created to do this. I'm going to do this. Then all of a sudden, there's a counting it all joy because the trials are preparing, are producing a full effect in me, make me complete in unity with myself. And so this is an opportunity for us to take a step back and rethink of it. So I want to challenge you with a couple next steps. The first next step is very simply this. Change your perspective on struggling, both for yourself and others. If others are struggling in a way you don't, you know, the one thing that the scripture is really clear about is we're not allowed to judge. We're just not. And, and so if they're going through something we're not, maybe it wasn't, you, I handled that. Well, there's other things you're not handling. Maybe you got it covered up or buried deep or, or they shine on it. But, but let's quit judging each other and, and quit judging yourself. If you're not good at something someone else is good at, that's their deal. Let it be their deal. You do your deal, okay? And find your deal. And so if you change your perspective on this thing of, of, of struggle, um, you go beyond resentment, you go beyond just crawling a hole and bad self-talk and just beating yourself up, man, it could change everything. The second thing is, is reflect on God's preparation. How has the good, the difficult, the struggles, both ones I exceeded at and failed at? Because failing at something is clarity. Well, I'm not supposed to do that. You know, 
Okay, it's something different than that. We learn as much from failures if we will. If we will. We will learn as much from failure as we learn from successes. As anything else. And so how has God used my past experience, my past family, in such a way that he's preparing me to fight the battle he's created me to fight? And the third thing I just want to encourage you to think about is resetting yourself on Jesus. And for some of you, that may be in baptism. If you haven't ever in your life been at a point where you say, you know what? I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but I've never publicly professed it by being baptized. What I'm basically saying when I'm baptized, I'm sitting in the water. I'm saying I was dead without God. And the old me was buried, and a new me was born, born again. And when I came out of the water, it was a declaration that shame was behind, the broken narrative was behind, the past sin was behind, all because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. And I want to declare it to my brothers and sisters in Christ and to the world. Well, then, baptism is your next step. If you're here this weekend and you're saying, you know what? I don't know that Jesus stands before me and my bullies because I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What I want to challenge you to do is I want to challenge you to something that's going to take some courage to do. I'm going to challenge you to go over to this prayer tent after service today and just talk to some of the folks who are over there and just say, he was talking about this thing of having a relationship with Jesus. I need that. I need that. And, and, and this is why I need that. And, and tell a little of your story. And we just love to explain what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, that you could be a person who can run to the battle because you know God's before me. He's behind me. He's above me. He's got this. And so I can face life with a different kind of challenge. You no longer listen to the voice of the bullies. I'm setting aside shame. Shame's a waste of time for a Christian. It's just a waste of time. It's an energy suck. It's useless. And so I'm going to just challenge you to go over and talk to those folks. As the team comes up, Let's pray together. Father God, you are good. You're not just good some of the time. You're not just good certain days. You're good all the time. You're good when our image is intact, our image has been blown up. You're good when we're succeeding and knocking it out of the park. You're good when we're struggling and don't think we can keep going. You're good when we succeed or when we fail. You are good all the time and you are working all the time. Father, give us a new perspective that we would see our struggles as opportunity. We would see even our failures as opportunities, that there are things to learn. There are things you are doing in us that you might do things through us. Father, I just pray whatever our image is, the the good church person or the the perfect parent or the uh, powerhouse business person or whatever it is, the, the captain of the sports team, whatever it is, I pray that you just free us from the tyranny of that and come back to a central image that I'm a child of God. I'm loved by God. And because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, I have, I have everything. And my, my future is full of life and health and joy. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy will follow me. I declare it. I receive it. I believe it. And, and, and now the voice of the bully is just white noise and, and it's lost its power. In Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, set us free from the voice of the bully that we may know we are children of God, sons and daughters of the King, and that that would just change everything. Would you just receive our praise now? Would you receive our declaration as we just sing the gospel? In Jesus' name, amen.